with us your new brother and my husband i think i'm an old brother <laughs> i'm newest yeah. newest brother oh you're definitely the oldest by far like <laughs> you know i actually haven't, right, jo- I I actually haven't joked about that in a while yeah thank you how young you are <laughs> i appreciate that Pat. That's, he has a baby that's face that's true i'm getting some leo vibes baby face Ooh. not baby hair my hair's going gray real bad but you're not losing it knock oh, on wood at least there's that yeah. Um, so Good now, intro. Now that we've made you, I guess, this is feel Eric. better about um, some hidden insecurities, uh, we are deciding this week to, well, first of all, we got some sweet new mics. So hopefully we yeah. sound better. And if people are like, you sound exactly the same, then um, we wasted like $100. But um, I think we sound pretty good. We tested it out. We're upgrading. Yeah. Give us feedback. We're upgrading for y'all. I feel pretty legit talking. You look pretty legit. Yeah, I almost feel like JT right now. You know. Okay, don't push it. Oh my god. (laughs) Too much. Never too much. Now with JT. Um. So Vanity Fair just came out with uh, their latest Star Wars special edition. Uh, I think they have four exclusive covers. One of them is with Carrie Fisher, of course, which Mm -hmm. is beautiful. The other is, um, I would keep wanting to say Brain of Tarth, Captain Phasma, mm. uh, Kylo Ren, and Domhnall Gleeson's character of mm-hmm. uh, First Order. Excuse me. And then um, I think there's one, you know, with the new Youngin's crew. And then uh, one with Luke and Leia. I don't know. The photo shoot is amazing. Mm-hmm. Looks great. And Beautiful. It, the article was fantastic and had some great revelations. So we thought we'd just break it down. And um, Pat, of course, has been trolling all of the amazing different fan groups and columns that he's involved with. Uh, So we'll provide that expert fan advice in addition to the little nuggets we'll bring you from the article. And Eric um, was just home. Yeah, um, the pretty face. So we just... (laughs) The eye candy of the podcast. (laughs) Yes! That is what we're dubbing you. A face for radio. Yeah. Yeah, you're the eye candy. Always necessary. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's my husband. Okay, so first off, I wanted to talk about the confirmations about Luke that the article offered. So um, it did confirm, and uh, Johnson, who of course is directing the film, said, uh, confirmed that when Han says, you know, the people that knew him best uh, think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. Han Solo said that in episode seven, and Johnson confirmed that this is accurate. And uh, in the article it says, 
and I quote Vanity Fair, the site of Rey's Force Awakens encounter with Luke is Aktu, the temple's home planet. Ooh. Boom. So, confirmed. So it is officially confirmed. Yeah. Yes, it's the first temple. Uh, we've talked a lot about what they're actually doing at the first temple um, and why. So based on, I guess, I, I know we've done like podcasts dedicated to this, but I'd just like to know your thoughts quickly on what do you think he's actually doing there and why? Like, do you think he's doing it for more like self-discovery? Like my nephew Ben went really bad. I'm a shitty Jedi. Or do you think it's that in addition to I need to figure out a way to defeat the dark side in general? Is there a way? Um, what do you guys think? Well, I, I definitely, I mean, I think the reason he went to the to search the first Jedi Temple is when he tried to do his own academy, even though we didn't really see it, it went bad. And he's like, okay, I did something wrong or something so he's like, well, let me just try to find the first Jedi temple and try to figure out the origins of the Jedi and just because it's like I'm back at square one again. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking, you know, let's just get back to the roots and see if there's something I missed or there's another approach I can take to where I can hopefully he can start building up the Jedi again. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. my take on it. Yeah, it's one of those things where he, he probably had no idea what he was going to find when he's went out to seek the first Jedi temple, but obviously it was going there with a purpose of some kind, whether it was self-discovery or trying to, you know, find a way to resurge the, the Jedi. And I, I think, I suspect he learned a whole lot about the backstory, which may lead to the storytelling of where Snoke came from and all that sort of stuff. Cause I'm sure he learned about, you know the wars of the original Jedi, right, and where they came from, and yeah, what battles they were fighting. Didn't tell him shit. Yeah, he you doesn't know? know any of the any of the original history of it all because, you know, he had to learn on a flight to God knows where <laughs> out of the Jedi. A flight he learned in like three days with Yoda on his back, yeah. bitching about what was for dinner. You know, so he didn't and Obi Wan and his damn metaphors. It's like he, 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 <laughs> It's the truth, man. That's why Luke is a fucking boss. He is the ultimate Jedi, most yeah. underrated. Uh, and, and we also got another question answered based on where he is. So in this article, it says that um, the planet uh, bears a striking resemblance to southwestern coastal Ireland. Um, they said that the crew actually, um, or the set builders, duplicated the beehive. Sh- beehive-shaped huts where the monks lived on Skellig and made a kind of little Jedi village out of them. And he's not providing any more insight into who's living there, but does say that um, there are caretakers on this island uh, in the film and that there's a village with an indigenous race of caretaker creatures. Ooh. Oh, okay. And um, all he said was that, no, they are not Ewoks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, every time I watch uh, Return of the Jedi, I'm always like, hmm. Hmm. It's not the best part of the movie. No. That's for mm. sure. Especially the end. I hate the end of that movie when they're all like dancing and stuff. It's like... It's a little too hokey. Yeah. yeah. They, they could have just ended it. Well, and also like, are they really going to party with a bunch of Ewoks? They'd be like, you guys are cute, but we're going to go like to some classy ass planet and like have some drinks. Like, Yeah. Just- 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel pour like one out for Alderaan, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, and she's, like, still happy, and it's like, all your people are dead, girl. Well, I did like how they showed, not to get too off tangent here, but... No, that's all right. I do like how they showed uh, how he gave his dad the proper burial. I thought that was cool. Yes. Oh, yes. I think that was... And Brandy. that's something that we forget in the closing chapter of Darth yeah. Vader. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we were actually talking about this with... I can't remember if Dad mentioned this on um, our podcast or if it was before we started. So the last time we recorded, of course, our dad was featured as well as you, Eric. And <laughs> we were just talking to Dad about what we were recording about. And then we're like, okay, just join the podcast. So I can't remember if this was on the podcast or pre-podcast recording, but he was talking about how overlooked the theme is sometime of father and son and just how, I forget how he said it, but it was just kind of a great reminder that, you know, the story is about family as well and how that can pull you, like how people and relationships can pull you from light side and dark side so it's almost balancing responsibility with duty and all this sort of stuff and it was really bittersweet the way Luke buried Darth Vader which is why Darth Vader is not that motherfucking force calling to Kylo Ren I think he's the light force pulling Kylo back yeah I agree yeah it's like I mean he he had he finally fulfilled the prophecy. I don't see him going back to the dark side after that. Well, I do. You guys think he'll reveal himself as a force ghost in? Wait, are you saying will Hayden reveal himself <laughs> as a force ghost? I, I feel like I I, I kind of want to <laughs> believe it, but Hayden didn't really sell himself too well at the Star Wars celebration. I wanted to like him. Seemed a little out of it. He seemed out of it. I mean, understandably, but his interviews were just so, like, blah. How funny would it be if they just, they didn't even bother bringing Hayden back. They just, like, stitched together all the audio from the original movies to create a Force Ghost in CGI. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, That'd be very prequel. (laughs) Yeah, it would. Well, a good one. Well, some people, though, just aren't great in convention settings like I get it but it's like and I see why he would be hesitant but it's also like you played one of the most iconic characters if not like top three most iconic characters on television or uh, I'm sorry in sci-fi let yeah. alone in movies so I think um I, I don't know I I wouldn't be mad if he showed up as a force ghost for a quick scene like I wouldn't be mad about it it just because I know it would it would have to be so necessary that they would have it, yeah. and it would make sense. I don't know who else they would have. I mean, it's understandable, I feel like, in his position, because thinking, going to something like that, it's like, I'm going to walk out, and they're going to throw rocks at me, or they're going to give me, like, a sympathetic cheer. So <laughs> Yeah. Everyone knows it wasn't your fault. Clap. Yeah. But people, I think, so. we were talking about this, Pat. He was surprised at how excited the crowd was to see him what yeah i mean i could see why his guard was up right i mean because he's had so much hater aid for like a uh, decade yeah. hate and aid <laughs> yeah, is hate. what i call it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a yeah. good one rick oh man here comes the eye candy of the podcast yes with that's right. i'll just go back to my eye candy corner over here no you're fine i love it um speaking of uh really cheesy stuff well actually before we get to that um i wanted to say one more note on uh 
Luke and Ray and what Johnson revealed about the relationship in this article. Um, so he said that uh, the audience should caution against any one-to-one correlation between, say, Yoda's tutelage of young Luke in Empire um, and relating that to how Luke will tutor Ray. And I quote him, there's a training element to it, but it's not exactly what you would expect. Okay. So I don't know if that means, to me, that's saying it's not exactly the Yoda Luke, just like Master Apprentice thing. Um, it could mean that it's more of a father figure thing, which mm-hmm. I know none of us here agree with. We think it's she's a Kenobi, which we'll get to in a second. Um, it could mean that he believes that she could lead the new wave of Jedi and is going to train her according to like old Republic stuff the way he never was. So that way, because he's like old on his way out and if the Jedi aren't going anywhere, someone's got to train them right. So he's training her on lore versus like just feeling the force quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you guys take from that? It's super vague, but something to work off of like based on what their relationship is. I mean, you raise a good point because he had the most, like, hodgepodge training ever. Yeah, so he's probably like, F that noise, this sucks. He didn't, you know, because most of them, they get picked from their families, like, oh, you're four sensitive and you're five, so we'll train you. Mm -hmm. And he was, what? Too old he was. 20? (laughs) And he was too old? Really? Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) and yeah, and then after. he was even older than that, wasn't he? Who knows? I don't Something know. like Something that. Something like that. He looked like he was about twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he still I mean, does. So I mean, I could definitely see where it's a non-conventional approach, where it's like he got Yoda's view of it, and Yoda was so loony at that point too. It wasn't even like the true Yoda really training him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it probably his own research, like Eric was alluding to, um, at the temple that he's. I'm sure he's been researching. Mm-hmm. So and it's like and there and there's. There's nothing. I mean, it's there's no Jedi, as far as we know. There's just this indigenous species, whatever whoever they are, living in huts. Yeah. Him and a couple Force ghosts. So it absolutely could be where he's training her to like control her talent, but also, like you need to pass on this knowledge. You know. Uh, oh I... yeah, keep the keep it living, keep the knowledge living. Yeah. Did I see a blue lightsaber in the photos that? The Vanity Fair photos? Yes. Yeah, she's using, like, the, the family Skywalk. Anakin's yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. The one that she... Because that's the one she so goes to. no alluding to whether or not she builds her own lightsaber. Well, I mean, I don't think they'd reveal that in a Vanity Fair photo shoot. Like, if she's all of a sudden wielding a yellow lightsaber, I'd be really... Yellow pissed. lightsaber. Well, plus, if you're, if you're well, using... I, I like the idea yeah. of yellow, yeah. If Something you're new. using a lightsaber from Episode 2, I mean, that's pretty amazing, so... <laughs> one of the best of there the best. that's the presence of prequels that they promised it's just Good the lightsaber God. um so you'll appreciate this pat uh this funny note about a new hope in the article it says that mark hamill still catches grief for one quote particularly clunky line read in the first movie but i thought i was going into tashi station to pick up some power converter <laughs> but vanity fair said um 
that he swears it was deliberate and that Mark Hamill said, I distinctly remember thinking, I've got to make this as whiny and juvenile as I can. And Hamill admitted that um, his greenness as an actor left him with somewhere to go later where I wouldn't make those kinds of choices. <laughs> what, he wouldn't want to sound like a little bitch? Is that what he's saying? <laughs> Basically. Who would? He I knows. Know. Well, it was, his, it was his one Anakin moment that he had. <laughs> and At least he only Anakin had one. <laughs> At least he wasn't like that for three films. Jesus, so. Anakin was 12 years old and winning those freaking races and shit, you know? Like, come on. Luke was just a little bitch, I think. It's true. Uh, was. Now yeah. he's the greatest Jedi that ever lived. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anakin was, was pretty was. bae, though. We've all grown in our lives, you know? This isn't about you. This is about Luke. Stop turning it on you, L- Luke. Luke didn't <laughs> win pod races. He didn't get Natalie Portman. I, I know. Mean, That's true. There's some strong credentials there. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he just took down Darth Sidious. Made his dad finish the job. <laughs> still didn't go to the dark side. <laughs> And then, after being trained in the middle of, like, a porter potty swamp planet, <laughs> he goes to rebuild the Jedi Order, his spoiled-ass nephew, oh, no, I want to be just like my grandpa. And he's like, don't even get me started on your fucking grandpa. No, Luke. Ugh. So he has to dip out, go live with some indigenous folk on some rando planet, wait for Ray to show up, and start all over. <laughs> the dude's Kylo Ren's got some problems. <laughs> I know that's for sure. He's got. He's got. Luke can only blame his dad, though. Like, if his dad didn't go AWOL, none of that would have happened. That's true. Well, He'd wish... still be a little bitch on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, he should have like streamed the no, burial. He, he, he would have been a spoiled kid on like a high rise in Coruscant or whatever. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and the fact that no one knows that like Vader actually took down Sidious. Like, I know that the galaxy is like massive. But do you think there'd be some sort of record keeping to show, like, yo, he was good in the end. It's not just like myth. Well, it's no like they, can, they can sense they can sense people dying on another planet, an entire galaxy away, but they can't figure out that fucking Darth Sidious was thrown off a cliff by Darth Vader. Darth yeah, Vader. like you know, why like, can't ex- you? May, you bring up a great point. Like, if we can do all this stuff with the Force, clearly there could be some sort of streaming device or smartphone that Luke could have been holding up. Just so everyone could tune yeah, in. Yeah, like, hey, see guys. what's going on. Check it out. Heads up. Look at my dad. He's good now. Spread it around the world. I think they would have built, like, a camera into his hand. His, like, robot. Robotic <laughs> camera. Ooh. But, it's I mean, a- really, I feel like Dar- like Darth City is dying. That'd be, like, an atomic bomb going off in the Force energy. Wouldn't it? Yeah, but there was only Luke to feel it. Uh, but yeah. if it's not in the archive memory, it doesn't exist. Just like they say in episode two. Oh God! But it's not in Jedi archives. Are the prequels still canon? Are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we're they so are. Canon. <laughs> yes, they are, and we'll get to actually to canon here in a minute. So, excuse me. Before we get there, um, uh, the article also mentions, of course, with no details, Poe's new sidekick, whose name is Paige. Um, it's played by the Vietnamese actress Veronica Ngo. Um, or Nigo? Ngo? 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 Veronica Ngo. Um, so she was the one at, I believe she was the actress that was at the Star Wars celebration that came out with all of them mm. on the main panel. But we don't mm-hmm. know anything about her character other than she's a gunner. Um, and uh, another just little nugget uh, Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World is directing episode 
nine. Ooh. I saw that. Yeah. But I yeah. guess that Kathleen Kennedy had reached out to him before even Jurassic World. Yeah, probably like in 1999 before the prequels. Were, I feel like they're so far ahead. Oh, shit. He's like, been locked in actually since um, the mid 80s when they per- <laughs> Yeah, they Yeah. He was born. It's like, this kid is going to be good. Basically, Let's lock him in for episode 9 in 2018. Yeah. Um, speaking of canon, so I thought this was interesting. Um, and this may not be news to everyone else, but it was news to me that uh, before Kathleen Kennedy had kind of set up or as she was arriving to set up after the acquisition of Lucasfilms and everything she had recruited her entire like squad essentially dedicated to Star Wars and this story group includes 11 people their job is to maintain the narrative and continuity and integrity of all Star Wars properties so we're talking animation video games novels comic books movies so there's like a team of 11 people that are just like, uh, yep, nope, uh, sure, this is what this means, this is what this means. Like they are like the brain to keep it all together, which it's I think amazing. is so crazy. Yeah. Um, and Johnson also said that he met with them as he was writing the script, and I guess they gave him more lax than he was expecting. But he would go in and meet with them and be like, wait, okay, does this make sense? Like. <laughs> who can I bring in or I need a really cool alien is there a cool alien we can bring in and there's probably someone that's like in charge of all the alien races you know <laughs> oh yep I got one here yeah. like, do you need a bar scene what kind of music do you want to play <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the party scene seriously it's so cool and in that Vanity Fair article they had a photo of all the different alien species which I thought was super duper cool because we're actually going to get um a new uh, glittering casino city that Johnson came up with called Canto Bite. And he says that it's a Star Wars Monte Carlo type environment, a little James Bondish. Ooh. Star Wars is getting bougie. I'm just saying, could be pretty cool. Um, and he said uh, he was thinking that they should go ultra glamour and create a, pra- a and create a playground for basically rich assholes. <laughs> is what he said. Sounds like Monte Carlo. I know, which would be kind of cool. I'm excited about that. I don't know. It could be pretty neat. Yeah. I want to live there. Not just sand and like that planet that Luke's on. So when are they going to reveal the name of episode nine? It said it's still unnamed in this article, but I'm sure they already have the name. Yeah. Well, actually, From no. So, are, we, are we going with From Annette? Well, we can... Um, we can <laughs> <laughs> from Annette. Oh, my God. I, I, I bet it would be kind of cool if, if it did like form a sentence, though. Yeah. Because so far, it, it's looking that way. I think it'll form a sentence. It's, and that'll be a good way to like conclude this part of the saga. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it'll make it so it's, I don't know, like final. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, these three movies are wrapping up the major story and not setting something else up. You well, know? well, the level of orchestration overall of the, these three movies has been pretty insane. So it makes sense. Like they, these 11 people in the story group literally have no life. Yeah. Other than Star Wars. Yeah. 
That's a pretty sweet page. I would take that life. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, if in you're a listening, um, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, um, you know, this is only our 18th episode. It's no big deal. We just invested a hundred dollars in some sweet new microphones from Amazon. Yeah. So you can tell that we're serious. Uh, speaking of episode nine, um, this is actually kind of sad. After she, after Carrie Fisher completed her part in episode eight. Kathleen Kennedy said that the minute she finished, she grabbed her and said, I better be at the forefront of nine because Harrison was for seven, Mark is for eight, and she thought episode nine would be her movie, and Kathleen Kennedy said it would have been. So they're actually going, had to go through some massive rewrites. Yeah, I mean, that's rough, but I mean, it's... Unfortunately, the fact that she's no longer with us, it's pretty hard to make her the main focus i know you know i'm and sure they'll bring be some... a good point pat yeah. yes <laughs> thank you eric an obvious one but i'll commend you for it uh they also she also said that while they did bring back carrie for um rogue one and then they also brought back um cushing for uh to play uh general um oh my gosh why am i brain farting in rogue one the general the general. But yeah. I know oh, I talking. can't remember his name. Um, what's wrong with me? I recognized your foul stench when I came on board. <laughs> uh, that guy. Uh, they actually had his family's consent um, before recreating it, and she, but she said, we have no plans on making that a regular thing. It was a very special, special occasion. Um, but if we want to... Grievous. No, but no. Grievous. Grievous is the Joker, the CGI Krell? Joker that my husband, other husband, Ewan McGregor. See, I knew you had a prequel uh, frame of mind. Yeah. Don't uh, your influence on him. Just put Cushing. The the only thing that Tarkin. The, the prequels are missing. Tarkin. General Tarkin. Is Tarkin. Their title doesn't form a sentence. The prequels. What? The prequels titles don't form a sentence. The Phantom oh. Menace, Attack <laughs> of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. No, it does not. Jack was saying he always laughs when he like hears or reads Attack of the Clones. He's like, it's such a bad title. Yeah, it is. And ninety percent of the movie has nothing to do with Attack of the Clones. That's what. I, that's why I think it's a bad title. It's a terrible title. It's like then you watch the Clone Wars and you're like, how is this cartoon so much better than the movie? Yeah. I mean, we get like, and actually, because of the CGI. The Clone Wars part of Episode 2 is kind of the worst part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, gen- gen- generally CGI in, yeah. Generally CGI in early 2000s, if you tried to overdo it, it looked like shit. Unless you were The Matrix. The Matrix didn't try to overdo it. Yeah. Yeah, like, even with the bullet thing, it was like, yeah. That was real. It was legit. That was, that, that was real time. Babe, just ask Ke- bullet, just ask Kiana. No, no, no the bullet Babe, was CGI, the, okay. but the 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 camera work was not CGI. Oh, okay. Well, it's not. We cannot get him started on the Matrix because then he'll talk about visual theory. effects. Oh man. Uh, no. The no, fact no, no. that this podcast is being report recorded while we are literally brains in a jar. Oh somewhere. my god. Okay. Some other planet. Here we go. No. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. We'll dedicate a podcast to that at some point, though. Thanks, honey. You're welcome. She probably won't. Damn it. Yes, I will. No, I won't. <laughs> um, let's talk about the three new characters in episode eight. So, uh, Johnson invented these three new characters. First one, a shady figure of unclear alliances, played by the one and only Benicio del Toro. Ezra. 
who goes, <laughs> yes, unnamed in the film, but it's called DJ by the Filmmakers, and Johnson said, you'll see there's a reason why we call him DJ. Pat, passing the baton to you. Yeah, there's a rumor that DJ stands for Dark Jedi, because, and it's, he's Ezra, so, and it, and it makes sense because... He has to be! In Rebels, when he's being trained um, as a Jedi, he has all these dark side tendencies, and he probably goes dark. And he doesn't really have an allegiance to anybody when he's a kid, you know, before episode four. So, you know, and he, and he, he just has, like, that, that scoundrel look about him. I mean... God, he's such a good character. Every time he yeah. plays, he's a character actor. Every time he plays somebody new, he's just phenomenal. I mean, I, as the collector, as um, any other thing that he's been in. Yeah, well, he he played a role. Was he, was he in Sin City? Yes. Yeah, I think he was. He's like a crazy person in Sin City. He's just played some amazing roles. He's awesome. He's kind of reminds me of like I put him in the same bucket as Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you hear one of them mm-hmm. or taking on like a mm-hmm. crazy new role you're like ooh that's gonna be good yeah usual suspects you guys see that oh, I yeah. need he's to. like the crazy oh you've never seen it oh my god oh, so good next he's, movie night we'll he's crazy okay. I mean he's just a phenomenal phenomenal talent so I think it makes sense that he would and I could well and then explain the rest of the reasoning why so we'll move to the second new character Laura Dern's character so um She's, he says that uh, this prominent officer in the resistance is named Vice Admiral Holdo, played by Laura Dern. But could that be a secret name for something else because she needs to hide who she truly is? Patrick, I'll pass the baton to you! <laughs> <laughs> she definitely could be Sabine. I mean, because some people are saying um, in like comments I've read, oh, they're not the right age. It's like when you look at them in Rebels, they're teenagers. Like they're super right, young, right? So the fact that it's now what, like, 30, 40? 40? Yeah, 30, 40 years later, it's they are absolutely the right age. Yeah, and if you I see mean, Robin Wright Penn right now, she's promoting Wonder Woman. She's fifty one, and she looks better than I do. Like, she's imagine the face cream they have in the Star Wars universe. Yes, she plays <laughs> Wonder Woman's aunt. She's a general. Oh. So I think that um, you're right. So let's quickly remind people who Sabine is, just like. Really quick. She is the... Well, I don't know if it actually is confirmed or not. I don't believe it's confirmed. But rumored to but be. basically, when when there's a character that's named Satine and your name's Sabine, I mean, it's I feel like it's pretty damn obvious. And Satine was Obi-Wan's lover who died, also disappeared for a um, yeah. nine-month-ish... She was Obi's in love. She was Obi's loverness uh, confirmed. Okay, they were in love. No, no loverness confirmed, but of course it's rumored. It was during sure the Clone Wars, the spoils Clone of war. Wars. Spoils of war. I knew you were gonna say it. But check out. We'll put that in here. Check out the Kenobi podcast where we actually break down how the evidence behind how Obi Wan mm-hmm. probably stooped Satine. They had Sabine, and this could be Sabine. And to elaborate. Um, Sabine and Ezra in Rebels are kind of lover-esque, correct? Yes, there's definitely some vibes there. Plus, I don't know if we talked about this, but in Rebels, the Darksaber calls to Sabine, and Darth Maul used the Darksaber to kill Satine in Clone Wars. That's right. So, Ooh. I mean, it, and so it's like she has a warrior past. She has the Mandalorian lineage in her blood. 
So it's like she's already a badass. It's just, it's pretty obvious. But say what you were saying earlier about, okay, so with that background and then with Benicio possibly being Ezra, Laura Dern possibly being Sabine, that could mean they are... Ray's parents. Yes. And Shazam. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan and Satine are Ray's grandparents. Mm-hmm. And that's why... I'm literally dropping the mic right now. I know. Don't drop it, though, because I just set it up like really good for the <laughs> Yeah. Song. It's kind of hard to unscrew, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's awesome. And then the third character, uh, new character, is a maintenance worker for the Resistance named Rose Tico, who is played by a young actress named Kelly Marie Tran, and who also is the sister of Paige, um, the person that we talked about earlier that Poe is training, the gunner. So um, I guess they're saying that uh, Tran's part is the largest, and that her plotline involves a mission behind enemy lines with Boyega's Finn, the stormtrooper turned resistance warrior. <laughs> Slash also Lando's son? Grandson? Mace Windu's grandson? Who the hell knows? I mean, basically, just people are saying anyone black in the franchise they're trying to connect him to. Yeah, it's kind of bad. But also, yeah. Well, but they're also saying, um, and Boyega has said this, his significance in this film is larger than... It was in seven. Like he has a pretty big. Uh, he had a pretty big role in seven, but he said his significance is greater wow. in this film, and Tran is a part of that. So, I mean, I don't know. Mace Windu was a BMF Jedi, and um, I, I I don't see why they bring Lando back into this, but unless it had something to do with the whole cloning thing, and like mm-hmm. I don't know, which would be cool if they brought back, I, I, if they did it in the right way. I don't know. That's that's that. Those are my thoughts. Would you say that's Billy D's face? I said Billy D's face. Listen, I don't see any relevance of your character going forward. Let's just leave it be. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So I guess I did technically say that. But listen, all right. I don't. Prove me wrong, Billy D. And instead of saying Han, he says Han. That just pisses me off. What the hell? And Leah. Yeah. It says Han and Leah. It's like George. How do you let that fly? Jesus. Because Billy D was probably like, "Tell me the fuck I want." And he was like, God. "I'm Billy D. Williams." The same Billy way Mace Windu got a, a fucking purple lightsaber. No, that's because he's Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson. That's why. Yeah, true. I don't know, but then some people are saying with the whole purple lightsaber thing, that means that you were like the true balance because red and blue make purple. Yeah. I don't know. I hmm. think he just wanted a purple lightsaber. He doesn't need to be I mean, it's said that he wanted a purple lightsaber in the Star Wars Museum we went to. Oh, yeah. And yeah. He, he said that on uh, the Graham Norton show mm-hmm. right. before. Um, but who knows? He could be under contract and not say anything for like 20 years until it's actually revealed. Because that's how Disney works. <laughs> and like season 62 of Star Wars Rebels. You know. <laughs> Basically. Um, I thought we'd just end on uh, some fun little nuggets from the article. Unless there was something else you guys wanted to bring up on the topics we were just discussing. Something else kind of funky, kind of fresh. Any new insights? Mm. I mean, we bra- we basically broke down how Benicio could be Ezra. That was like episode two of this theory series. Or part two. We're way series. out of the game there. I know. We really yeah. were. We'll yeah. reference that in this post for you guys. Um, but uh, it was kind of cool how all the actors in the article said that Carrie taught them how to deal with this new fame. And when Finn... Or when John Boyega was getting a lot of backlash for being like a black stormtrooper in the trailer, 
He said, I remember and forgive me, I'm going to drop the F-bomb, but that's just Carrie. She said, ah, boo-hoo, who fucking cares? You just do you. And he said, words like that give you strength. I bore witness in a million ways to her sharing her wisdom with Daisy as well. Kind of sweet. And then, um, I guess in episode eight, she slaps Poe, and they did 27 takes. And he's like, she leaned in every time. (laughs) So kind of awesome. Oh, man. Right? She got to touch touch Oscar Isaac's face 27 times. Well, he's like the new Han Solo, so. Definitely. You know. He is. mm, mm. He's what Han couldn't be because he's committed. You know, he's, he's a man of commitment now. I know. I just and Han was, was only in to, it for himself. That's why she was committed to me. Or but wait, what? But, <laughs> but Han was his own. Just Han was Bay in a different way. <laughs> Han was the pinnacle of Bay. Like I think he just you can't tie. He's the kind of Bay you can't tie down. You know. Yeah. Well, there's 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 the guy that you know you. He's the hu- guy. What? He's husband. I love to hear this. He's husband material. You know, he's committed. He's doing things all the right way. Oh, he's a pure man. Yeah, okay. and then there's then there's Harrison, who's like the bad boy. You know, does whatever the fuck he wants, and you know, this. I mean, I'll give but it to him. There's something have... sexy about it, you know. I'm in. But they both Hell have yeah. great hair. They do. Yes. I just love how like Harrison didn't want to be in Star Wars, and he portrayed that character in Star Wars because he had no allegiance in Star Wars. <laughs> like, he literally was Han Solo. And he got paid for it. I know. <laughs> Big time. And he'd been begging them to kill him for 40 oh years. God. And he got paid for it. It's so funny. Yeah. That's oh, so badass. I love it. We're going to have to do a podcast on Harrison Ford's next projects, and it's if he's actually killing off all his epic characters. And you got to think, too, like in Empire, when he was shooting at Darth Vader, like people, most people who attack Darth Vader die. And he actually survived. So it's like he had that, and he was the only non-Jedi to wield the lightsaber. It's like, how yeah. you yes. go, bro? How you go, bro? <laughs> that is true. That's a great trivia question. Oh, I'm going to save that for our Comic-Con panels for sure. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to make them a little bit more difficult. We're going to have to brainstorm some new ones for next season's Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Next Comic-Con season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's pretty much the, the meat of the article. We went a little bit longer this time, but there's so much to talk about. And test out our new microphones. Yeah. Hello. Hopefully we don't sound like shit. I don't think so. It says it's recording. If I see, not, I see the sound waves. We just had a really great uh, family time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. It was well worth it. Yeah. Totally. Uh, well, guys, thanks so much for joining us, or joining, or I guess... Who joined who? I'm sorry. I, what point are we at? I don't, I don't know. know. It's pregnancy <laughs> brain. It's like 10, 15. Thank you for joining Patrick and I again. Oh, well, you're welcome. Um, Patrick, brother, it's always a pleasure. Likewise. Uh, make sure you check out purefandom.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pure underscore fandom. We uh, try to do these weekly, but if not, we post every single Friday or every other Friday or every other other Friday. But if you follow us on Twitter, you'll find out when our next one is going to be posted. And uh, make sure that you just keep being awesome fans because you keep your fandom running and we love you guys. Woo! Woo! All right. Until next time. Capes out! You can say it too, Pat. Capes out. (laughs) 
Visit purefandom.com for more kick-ass news on your favorite shows, fandoms, movies, and more.